0: Oh yeah, my favorite song of all time. Part two of episode nineteen. You know, because Gary Bababui Delabate says "noin," and I forgot to call episode nine episode nine. So we're here at episode nineteen. Uh-huh. Isn't that funny? No. Oh, okay. I'll well, fuck you. Oh man, i got a bunch of stuff on the list here. So, let me tell you something. I'm gonna, here's what I'm going to talk about first. Uh, I haven't talked, I really have I've barely talked about wrestling at all on this podcast. I'm pretty sure. I don't know, who knows, maybe I've talked about it on every episode for 30 minutes. Maybe that's where the time goes. But, but I honestly, I don't think I have talked about wrestling really much at all. But I'm going to briefly, briefly talk about it because I'm very excited. I'm quite excited. Uh, so there's there's a new there's a new wrestling organization in town, and for those of you not in the know, it's called All Elite Wrestling, AEW, and it's the first time in a very long time that there's potentially a legitimate second company to really give WWE a run for their money. They've been the only game in town for almost 20 years, honestly. There's other organizations, but they're either they're either huge internationally, not so much in the United States, or you know, they're they're big in the United States but not anywhere near the I mean WWE is a fucking machine. It's a juggernaut. It's it's going to be it's going to be around forever and blah blah blah. Anyways, I'm not going to get into the whole story of me When I started liking wrestling and all that, you know, maybe we'll get into that at some point, but I just tell you, I'm a huge fan. Anybody who knows me knows I'm a huge fan. And I've been taking the kids as of late in these last uh, two or three years, two years, maybe I took cam to a ton of shows in 2017, 2018. Pay-per-views, Monday Night Raw, SmackDowns, non-televised house shows, as they're called. We went to Raw. The, Kaylin had her first wrestling show back in March. We went to Raw at TD Garden in Boston. It was okay. Um, but AEW is not just a new organization. They've got a TV deal with TNT, which is... That's a pretty big deal. Pretty big cable network there. And they're starting... Uh, They've got a pay-per-view coming up this Saturday. They had another pay-per-view, and then they've got television, live TV, every week starting in October. The first one is in Washington, D.C. The second one is in Boston. Tickets went on sale a couple Fridays ago, and like an idiot, I got myself in the little online queue and saw that there were thousands and thousands of people ahead of me and said, okay, I will be watching it on TV that night. And uh, And then I realized, you know what? Uh Cameron and Kalen are not going to care. Kalen's definitely not going to care. I'll just get two tickets, one for me, one for Cam. And once I finally uh, – let me go back. There are 2,000-plus people in line in the queue ahead of me, and I just waited and waited, still waiting, still thousands of people ahead of me. And then and then it gets down to, like, 500 people ahead of me. I'm like, whoa, maybe I have a shot here. Hmm, who knows? Not a terribly big arena, though, but maybe I have a shot. And then it gets down to, like, 50 people ahead of me, and then one person ahead of me, and then, hey, I'm up. I can select my tickets, and it's showing that there's tickets available. So I looked at three tickets. Nothing's available. Okay, Kalen wouldn't want to go anyways. It'll be the two of us, me and Cam. We'll go to this thing, so I'm looking at two tickets, plenty listed for reasonable prices, and every time I clicked on it, it would say, sorry, someone else got these first, Sorry, someone else got these first. And then I said, you know, Cam's not really that into wrestling either. And she just wants to go on these weeknights to a wrestling show because it's late. And she knows that I will allow her to skip school the next day if we're out late at wrestling. She wants the snacks and the soda and a day off from school. That's why she wants to go to wrestling. And WWE is for the family. It's for the kids. It's, you know, it's pretty... PG stuff for the most part, AEW, yeah, not so much, sometimes it is not so much so, so I said, you know what, sorry Cam, Daddy's gonna go by himself, so then I selected, we're not gonna do three, we're not gonna do two tickets, just do one, let's see if, cause I'm not getting anywhere with two anyways, even if I wanted to, it, I'm not getting two tickets available in the same spot, let's try one, so then I selected one, Sorry, this has already been taken. Sorry, this has already been taken. Sorry, this has already been taken. I clicked one final time, and then the thing spun around and suddenly took me to the next page and said, would you like, you have now, you know, whatever the countdown is on Ticketmaster or whatever. Yeah, I think it was Ticketmaster. You have seven minutes to complete your transaction. Otherwise, it's gone, and you have to, you know, somebody else is going to get your ticket. I said, shit, okay, let's do this. I'm going to go by myself because uh, it's the second television taping ever it's just, it's live you know you've got like all these superstars are gonna be there previously from WWE and now they're like you know it's it's this aew is kind of this company It was started by Cody Rhodes who's the son of the American dream Duy Rhodes Duy Rhodes the American Dream American dream baby. and uh, Cody Rhodes got tired of what he was doing at WWE didn't like the creative direction. His character was going in, so he left, asked for his release, and he left, and he went to other organizations and did pretty well. I'm honestly not a huge Cody Rhodes fan. He doesn't do it for me at all. But he started, after going to various different promotions in Japan and Ring of Honor, New Japan, all this stuff, he said, you know, I'm just going to start my own wrestling promotion. So along with uh, one of my favorite wrestlers, Kenny Omega, and uh, the Young Bucks, this great tag team, high-flying, fun, exciting tag team, these four dudes got together, and of course, I, I, always, I would always say, you know, as I sat by myself in my car pretending I had a podcast, I would say the only way, the only person who's ever going to be able to compete with Vince McMahon, other than Vince McMahon himself, is somebody with the resources of Vince McMahon, another billionaire, I thought maybe like I could see a Mark Cuban, somebody like that, getting into the wrestling game and using his youthful energy. I mean, what's Mark Cuban's like in the mid-fifties now? But still, he seems like a young dude. He's got t- he's gonna probably live to be two hundred and ninety years old. Well, Mark Cuban's not that billionaire in this in this instance. The Khan family, who they own the Jacksonville Jaguars, and Tony Khan is a huge wrestling fan, and so they're putting all this money into this promotion. They had pay-per-views. They have an internet presence. They have another pay-per-view coming up. And then they're actually the thing if you want to be a really successful wrestling organization, you have to have a TV deal of some kind. And they've got one heck of a TV deal on Wednesdays on TNT. And so the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and Cody Rhodes, along with Tony Khan, have started this AEW promotion. And their last pay-per-view in May was fabulous. And there's so many exciting characters. This guy MJF, who's just a through and through, just a complete heel, a complete bad guy. He's fucking fabulous. He reminds me of Shawn Michaels in a way. Just a total dick, and you just you want to see him lose. Reminds me of old school Shawn Michaels. And yeah, sorry, I know for those of you non-wrestling fans, you're you're not even listening. You've skipped past this part, I'm sure. Anyways, I just I thought this is this is a big chance to, to see the second ever live show on TNT of AEW and I was able to secure a ticket I don't even know where in the little arena it is at Boston University but I will be there on that Wednesday in October and I'm very excited I will be by myself drinking a root beer I'm sure and eating a hot dog and watching 2 hours of wrestling of this new company with Chris Jericho all these all these you know there's some some stars that we know of there's stars who have you know yet to really rise but they will it's very it's a very exciting time to be a wrestling fan. Let me tell you. Let me tell you, brother. Let me tell you something, brother. Uh but I I did want to play. I think I think this will be interesting to the non-wrestling fans because here's the thing. I love WWE. I I just love I love wrestling. But the thing the thing I love is great storylines and great characters. I love great wrestling in the ring of a great match, a well put together match, really, you know, gets me going, but having characters that you care about or can relate to in some way who have you, who are compelling, and you want to see them win or lose because you love them or you hate them, and that's something that WWE, yeah, not so much has done as of late, having compelling characters and storylines and, you know, reasons that we want to watch the bad guys lose and the good guys win, and they have the maybe the best talent roster they've ever had of these guys that I just, you years, a couple years ago, wouldn't have thought would even be in WWE. And here they are uh, Shinsuke Nakamura and just AJ Styles, all these guys. I mean, Adam Cole is in, in NXT I mean NXT has it figured out. I, I'm not going to get, I'm, I'm really, I could really go on and on and turn this into a completely different podcast. I'm not going to, but anyway, the fact of the matter is the AEW pay-per-view that they had in May, Reminded me of how matches used to be, where it was just characters and a compelling story, the story that's being told in the ring, the story that's being told outside of the ring prior to the match, why these characters are fighting, why they hate each other, and 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 it's just it it was excellent. It was excellent. I I love and the kids are screaming in the background, which is fun. Um, but one of the things that I love, I've mentioned this Cody Rhodes character the son of Dusty Rhodes, who's a wrestling legend passed away a few years ago. Cody Rhodes is one of the founders of this promotion and he had a match with his brother Dustin Rhodes, who was known as Gold Dust for many many years in WWE. Left WWE a few months ago and you've got Jim Ross, one of the great the greatest wrestling announcer of all time calling the action and it just it felt it felt like WWE but also not in that way of like, hey, we're just ripping off old WWE stuff. You have names and faces from WWE, but they're doing something new and different and exciting. And it's it was great. Cody Rhodes and Dustin Rhodes had this match and they were beat the shit out of each other and blood and just all kinds of craziness. It was wild. It was a wild brawl. But then at the end of the match, they were they were brothers divided, torn apart. And they, they settled their score in the ring they, they, had, they had this epic battle in the ring And everybody's just covered in blood And it's just great And then at the end uh, Cody Rhodes picked up the microphone To address his brother, Dustin
1: You don't get to retire here You don't get that
0: Justin is a veteran. I
1: ask you a favor.
0: Thirty years in the business.
1: In front of God and the whole world. Before AEW
2: was a thing. Before we filled this place up. It was me, it was Kenny, it was Matt, it was Nick, it was Tony. And I put my name on a piece of paper for our show next month in Jacksonville for Fight for the Fallen. You know what the match? that I put my name down on. It It was was myself and a partner of my choosing.
0: But you just battled each other. Could it be? Is he going to ask his brother? Against,
1: Against what I think is the best tag team in the world, the Young Bucks.
0: yes but who is your partner Cody who is your partner and why are you addressing your brother Dustin who you just defeated in a bloody brutal brawl
1: I don't need I don't need a partner I don't need I don't need a friend I need my older brother
0: they're both crying everybody in the arena is crying standing ovation and they both hug oh my god that's what wrestling's all about oh my god it was such a great moment after this great epic match after Cody Rhodes came out with a sledgehammer and smashed this throne that looks like Triple H's throne. It's, you know, pretty symbolic. Nothing, no real subtlety there. Sending a, you know, sending a message to WWE, so to speak. And uh, and then having this great match. And then at the end of it, these two brothers who were at odds beat the shit out of each other. Cody Rhodes beat, uh, won the match, beat Dustin. And then said, you're my brother. I don't need a tag team partner. I don't need a friend. I need my brother. God damn it. And the place went nuts. And that's what I love about wrestling. And that's why I love about AEW is they are there's a big piece that's been missing. The WWE has just kind of just thrown a lot of crap out there. And the WWE is still great. I'm always going to love WWE. But this is this is stuff that WWE used to do that wrestling used to have and and it's like, "Oh man, it's it's back, like, these stories and characters and compelling, you know, playing off of real-life scenarios and emotions and things like that without, you know, all these over-the-top cartoon characters. It's just phenomenal. There's one more thing, though, because the Cody Rhodes, as he's addressing Dustin, it sounded really familiar. And I, th- I was like, why does that sound familiar? And I went back to watch an old WCW pay-per-view from 1994 back when their father, the American dream, Dusty Rhodes came out of retirement to team with his son, Dustin to battle Terry Funk and an Arne Anderson, and a bunch of other guys at war games at fall brawl, 1994, which was a pay-per-view that I ordered at the age of 14 back in the day. And, uh, and there was something very familiar about Cody Rhodes addressing Dustin. And that's another layer of this. You know, you've got the great match. You've got the blood. You've got the violence. Two brothers colliding. Think they, they'll never be able to mend this relationship. And then at the end of the match, they're now they're hugging and crying. And they love each other. And they're going to be tag team partners. That's not all. Because Cody, as he was talking to Dustin, like I mentioned, it sounded so familiar and it's, it's a callback to when Dusty Rhodes and Dustin teamed up. Now Cody and Dustin are teaming up. And what a callback this was to Dusty and Dustin teaming up. Listen to this. And, and by the way, it was a similar scenario. Dustin, in this case, needed a tag team partner. He trusted Arn Anderson. He put his trust in the wrong man. Arn Anderson turned his back on Dustin. So now Dustin needed a tag team partner. Dusty. His father was there. And you, you just, you just got to listen to this. Take a listen.
2: I want to ask you a favor in front, of, in front of God and the whole world.
0: That's Dusty Rhodes talking.
2: I know that the Clash of Champions on August the 24th, you put your name on the dotted line. I don't want you to look for another partner. I don't want you to go and find another man. I don't want you to go out and get on your knees and bag another scum sucking pig to be your partner. I'm asking you if you can carry this old out of shape, old bent out, old spindly legged man. I want to be your partner.
0: Crowd's going crazy father and son will he accept will Dustin accept just like he accepted Cody's I
2: don't need no handshake because out there right now tonight there's there's people with their brothers and their sisters and their wives they are blood the Kennedys were blood the Herbs were blood the roads are blood I don't need a handshake what I need now from you is just a hug and a kiss to seal the deal baby
0: oh my god and there it was, father and son reunited after a somewhat estranged relationship, just like brother and brother. So, so that, that was 1994, Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes, I don't need, I need a hug and a kiss from my son to see the deal, baby. And, and he was speaking to Dustin, a young Dustin Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes, the father. Retired, coming out of retirement to team with his son. And now, Dustin, at the end of his career, getting set to retire, being beaten by his brother. And then his brother saying, I need you. I don't need a friend. I don't need a tag team partner. I need my brother. And then they hugged in the middle of the ring. I mean, continuity, throwing back to things that happened 25 years ago. A great match. A great storyline. Characters. Ah. Uh, that's the, that's the kind of shit that I live for in wrestling, baby. So I'm excited, and that that tag team match happened. And uh, just, I don't know if I don't know if Dustin is now officially retired. I can't even I can't even remember. That's the sad part. I haven't had a chance to watch the tag team match, but I watched the pay per view, and I was I fell in love with that whole that whole pay per view and that whole match and that whole moment. It was a great. Oh, it was a great pay per view. Anyways. So I'm very excited. I'm very excited to be going to the second ever live TV event of AEW in October in Boston. So excited. Back here on the Birthday Boy Podcast. Come on at you! Roger Wildland, Big Board Sports. <laughs> this is are you familiar with Poppy? Very interesting. The four of us, the kids and Kimmy and I were gonna go to our concert last year in Boston and we didn't. We ended up not going. So this was the day before Thanksgiving and we were all like sick. Half of us were sick, under the weather, just felt like shit, tired. So we ended up not going, and I ended up selling the tickets on StubHub at the last minute. Which is okay. We'll catch her, we'll catch her the next time around. I don't know. I don't know that I would say I'm hugely excited to go see her, but I'm excited because it's it's quite the show, I think. Such an interesting character. Anyway, yeah, and I love these songs because they're like they started out. Her early work was very was very poppy, sounded like pop songs. But you know, if you listen to the lyrics, they're not not quite pop songs, not R-rated or anything. Um, And she makes those weird YouTube videos where it's just her, the weird, you know, it's it looks like you know like a cult like brainwashing video. Uh, you know, but they're fairly self-aware. You know, she's just a pretty regular teenage kid from like Tennessee or something like that. Anyway, and uh, this is that was her latest single that's got you know flagrantly <laughs> ripping off from the Beatles and you know then the really heavy stuff and then some real pop sounding stuff. And her songs have gotten kind of quote unquote darker over the years, and it's fun to listen to. And I love not so much. You know some of her songs I like. There's two or three that I think are pretty good. Mostly I'm you know not nuts about it, but I like seeing the kids' reactions when when a when a much darker song comes out and they just love it. They love watching her go deeper into the abyss. So who knows? Maybe we'll go see her anyway. Uh, let's. I do want to talk about OJ because <laughs> I'm an idiot. Uh, His latest Twitter, I don't know if it's his latest one, but he's got a, a Twitter, a recent Twitter video, and uh, let's see, OJ, he had some, I guess you could say OJ had some bad luck in the last week, <laughs> you know, get it, because Andrew Luck, quarterback from the Indianapolis Colts, uh, he has retired suddenly, announcing his retire sh- retirement, shocking the world. And unfortunately, it didn't go well for some fantasy football people, as we all know. OJ, other than playing football, perhaps the most famous thing he's known for is fantasy football. I can't think of any other thing that he's known for aside from you know football related stuff. Uh, I'm trying to think. I-, I-, I yeah, I'm coming up. Oh, he was-, he was in those you know those Naked Gun the Leslie. Nielsen movies uh, But that's about it, you know, the Naked Gun movies The football career, the fantasy football expertise And that's really all that O.J. is known for uh, And obviously being the great fantasy football expert that he is uh, He had his fantasy draft For some reason uh, Right before the third week of the preseason I don't know shit about fantasy football And I don't fucking care um, I played it once in like a free league on ESPN With some coworkers. And I got yelled at because I took Philip Rivers, because that's who I wanted. And he ended up having a great year that year. It was like two thousand eight. It was like the one year that he was really good. And uh, and I got yelled at because like I fucked up the integrity of the draft because I was supposed to wait, not not take Philip Rivers so early. I was supposed to take him later. I'm like, I, want, I don't want him later. I want him now because he's the guy that I He's my quarterback that I want. He's going to be gone. So everybody in the little chat room was screaming at me. And I said, you know, fuck you. Fuck fantasy football. You stupid assholes playing fantasy football. You make fun of, you know, people playing tabletop role-playing games and LARPing and playing video games and being into Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings. And that's, you know, we're into like people into that shit. It's like make-believe. You're fucking obsessing over actual dudes Uh, you know, endlessly sitting on your laptop. Like, you know, we're all fucking the same, okay? We all like nerdy shit. Yours happens to be football. Other people's is, is, you know, Star Trek or, you know, fantasy role-playing games, you know, so just shut up. Integrity of the fucking... Anyway, so OJ had some things to say, and Andrew Luck honestly might want to just put up with the pain and the mental exhaustion that he's... Uh, experiencing since reti- uh, You know, as, that has led to his retirement Because he might uh, He might just end up being Murdered by O.J. Simpson Let's take a listen a
1: video head out, head out.
3: Andrew, look What did I do to you? you? You you could have retired An hour and a half ago Before I picked you in my fantasy pit. Dude, I mean, what did I do, baby? I've been a fan of yours. Why would you do this to me? Come out of retirement. I'm just saying.
0: <laughs> I don't. You feel like that was we're getting a little with each Twitter video. You know, this wasn't like this wasn't this wasn't one of his little scripted. Hello, Twitter world. Oh, as yours truly here on the golf course. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't one of those. wasn't one of the usual uh, things that you see from OJ. This was just like, you know, instructing his friend to roll, roll it. I got something to say because the video is 25 seconds long. Half of it was just crowd noise at this stupid sports bar. He and people are waving to the, can- like he's obviously having a fantasy football thing, a draft with friends. He has friends. He has people who either I, I don't know they want to associate with him. Are they too scared to not... So like, are they afraid that they're going to get slashed to death and therefore they're pretending that they like hanging out with him? That's the only thing I can think of. Like, if I if I was friends with OJ before 1994, I would be terrified to end the relationship just because I would assume, oh, he's just going to murder me. Allegedly. <laughs> I mean, but that was like full on. That was anger. That was big time anger. He wasn't. It wasn't. Hey, Twitter world, I'm watching the debates, and I think it's important to be involved. It's a civic duty to be involved in the political discourse. Uh, it wasn't. Wasn't that O.J.? You weren't getting. You weren't getting. Uh, watching the debates, O.J. You weren't getting golf course, O.J. You were getting fantasy football. You fucked me over, and I'm going to fucking slit your throat, OJ. There's just a little a little taste of this. So listen again. Hold on. Andrew, look. What
3: did I do to you? You, you? you could have retired an hour and a half ago.
0: Before. Dude, that's... He's full on... That's rage. And that's not even... I mean, you think about it. That's what he's allowing to be on camera, on his Twitter, posted for the world to, to see. That's... That's nothing. Can you imagine the fucking blind rage that this piece of shit has gone into a time or two in his day? I, I don't know, you know, June of 1994 or something like that. Maybe around that time. June-ish. Uh, yeah, dude. Andrew Luck, you should leave the country. Or, or just return to football and suffer horrific pain and agony and mental anguish. And hate every moment of your life, uh, but at least you'll be alive. You may be crippled, and you may have CTE or you know any number of horrible problems, but you'll be alive because you'll be back on uh, OJ's fantasy team. I, but I don't know. But then you could come up, you could come back and get injured and have a terrible season and ruin OJ's fantasy football. So maybe. I don't know. It's a lose lose for Andrew Luck. I mean, he's dead either way. The only way for Andrew Luck to survive this is to just return and be one hundred percent healthy and go uh, you know, break every record in the NFL and win the Super Bowl, and so that way OJ wins his stupid fantasy football and doesn't kill you. Otherwise he's going to kill you, I'm pretty sure, OJ. I picked you in my fantasy baby. I picked you. What did I do? What well, I do, baby? I've been a fan of yours. Why would you
4: do this to me? Come out and return me. I'm
3: just saying.
0: <laughs> and then he does the fake, the fake bullshit laugh at the end. He's fucking screw.
4: Andrew Luck, what I do to you, huh? What the fuck I do to you, Andrew Luck? Is yours truly here, and I'm pissed off. I just drafted you 37 seconds ago, motherfucker, and then you retired. How you do that to OJ, baby? I'm gonna fucking get even with you. You better believe it. And I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna candy coat it. I'm just gonna stab your fucking face. <laughs> Only having some fun, Andrew Luck. Only playing. This is yours truly. Peace sign. He made the peace sign. What'd I do to you? I know what I'm gonna do to you. I don't know what I did to you before but I know what I'm going to do to you soon, Andrew Luck. I don't know how bad those legs and feet are, but I'll tell you, I'm feeling pretty damn good because I got all the time in the world to play golf and work out and be out in the sun. I'm healthier than I've been since 1994, and we saw what I did then. So if you got any bones, any muscles working in them legs of yours, Andrew Luck better start running. Cause I got some getting even to do. Actually, I've got some stabbing to do. And that stabbing's gonna be my knife on your throat. I'm just saying. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my god. Seriously, Andrew Luck. Run. Fucking run. Yeah, and then Twitter, of course. <laughs> Not only is Andrew Luck retiring from the NFL, he's also going to be killed by OJ Simpson. And another one has a picture of the Bronco. OJ driving to Indianapolis to have a, quote, talk with Andrew Luck. Oh, my gosh. You know, what's... By the way, what... Am I missing something? Like, even before OJ himself said Patrick Mahomes, I I remember pretending to be OJ and talking about drafting... Patrick Mahomes and fantasy football and then after that OJ has done nothing but talk about Patrick Mahomes all summer long that Patrick Mahomes he's the best so why, why would OJ draft Andrew Luck he's never even mentioned Andrew Luck's name it doesn't make I mean that's classic OJ though
4: I love Patrick Mahomes I'm gonna draft him that's my fantasy football pick
0: of the season and then the next all 20 videos later it's 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 all Patrick Mahomes Patrick Mahomes then this latest one Andrew look what, what the hell I was I just drafted you in my fantasy football what the fuck OJ he didn't take his own advice I don't get it am I missing something again I don't know shit about fantasy football but I would think if a guy and okay maybe maybe somebody got to Patrick Mahomes before OJ although Let's be honest, can you really picture a scenario where OJ isn't picking first, second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth and then his friends are getting a chance to pick their <laughs> to pick their fantasy players? I would think that uh, I would think OJ would be able to draft as many people as he wants, as many quarterbacks as he wants, as often as he wants and then only Only when OJ is tired of drafting players would he then let one of his friends have a couple of draft picks of some of the, you know. Oh, you can get Eli Manning.
4: (laughs) I'll take Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Ben Roethlisberger, Tom Brady, and you can have Eli Manning
0: and Robert Griffin III. It's crazy. So... Anyways, um, so, yeah, listen, Andrew Luck, run for your life, my man. Whatever whatever you've got left in that body of yours, use it to run the fuck out of the country because ojs he's got some getting even to do. He's fucking said that. He said he's going to get even, and now you, your, your name might as well but be even because he's going to get even. He's going to get you even oh baby oh wait there's actually there's another video perhaps to shed some light let's see hey, Twitter world, yours
3: truly. oh now he's back so we completed our draft this week uh, not without a little angst and a little trouble Uh, I had the first pick, and I finally had to succumb to uh, conventional wisdom and go with a running back, uh, Saquon Barkley, my favorite player, incidentally, instead Uh, of Okay. By the time it came back to me, all my studs from last year were gone, but I was able to get Michael Thomas from uh, New Orleans.
0: Okay. Eh, Shut up. Who cares? Okay. So uh, sounds like they played a real, you know, had a real draft. O.J. played by the rules. Interesting, though, it seems to me like... uh, Sounds like he got the first pick, though. Is anybody surprised by that? You know,
4: it was the damnedest thing. I picked Saquon Barkley, even though I've been talking about how my number one pick is going to be Patrick Mahomes all year. And then when it got back around to me, Patrick Mahomes and all my favorite studs from last year had already been taken. And then another funny thing happened. All my friends who I played fantasy football with, they all got stabbed on their way home from the bar. It's really weird, a strange coincidence indeed, how that happened. All of my friends who had picked Patrick Mahomes and other players that I was going to pick, they all got stabbed to death on the way home from the bar after picking our fantasy football players in the 2019 fantasy draft so that just makes me wonder i guess the real killer he's still out there and he's closer than we think so now i'm going to dedicate the 2019 fantasy season to my six friends who are now dead all stabbed the same way in different locations and now i'm going to spend the rest of the time the rest of this season Not just playing fantasy football and golf, but I'm going to try to hunt down the real killer because he's obviously closer than even I thought he was. Now that all my friends are dead, especially the one who took Patrick Mahomes, he died first and he died the hardest. But the good news about that is, I absorbed all of their draft picks, so now I have all the best picks. I have every pick. In fact... I'm playing fantasy football against myself six different times. Now that all my friends are dead from being stabbed each 20 or 30 times. And I'm starting to formulate a hypothesis on who the real killer might be. Don't you find it interesting that just after Andrew Luck announced his retirement from the NFL and didn't have to compete in any preseason games or get ready for the regular season suddenly all my friends are dead? After I said, Hey, Andrew Luck, come on, baby, what do you do what I ever do to you? After I called out Andrew Luck, all my friends wind up dead? Makes you wonder if Andrew Luck isn't the real killer. In fact, makes you wonder if Andrew Luck didn't kill Ron and Nicole back in nineteen ninety four. Sure, He would have been about, oh, five, maybe six years old. But who's to say, a motivated five or six-year-old athlete with a knife in their hands can do all kinds of things. So I would officially like to announce that I'm opening an investigation into Andrew Luck for the murder of all my fantasy football buddies and the murder of Ron and Nicole back in 1994. Where was Andrew Luck on that night, anyways? Brentwood, maybe.
0: Uh, by the way, if you thought that O.J. was over uh, the Andrew Luck retirement, you know, like, like most people, most rational people who say, "Hey, you know, that sucks." Uh, you know, I love watching him play. I'm a fan of the Colts. Uh, I had him in fantasy football you know, whatever, Colts fan, fantasy football fan, Andrew Luck fan, it's disappointing. But as a human, you say, oh shit, we all know how fucking horrible it is to play football in the NFL, and people's careers are shortened, and their lives are shortened, and the CTE and the injuries, and how horrible it must be to have to play through all that. Okay, he's going to go and have a, have a good life. Good for him, great, whatever. Good luck, get healthy, get well. Seems like a good dude. Fucking, I don't care. It's not my life. I wouldn't fault somebody for retiring. If they can, you've got millions of dollars. Walk away from it before you fucking die on the field. Not that he would have, but, you know, that's obviously an exaggeration. Um, OJ is not so forgiving. Oddly enough, OJ Simpson, not a very forgiving person.
3: So I took Josh Jacobs of the Oakland Raiders. And then I took Andrew Luck and at this point, I am smiling like the cat who ate the canary.
4: I'm smiling like the former Buffalo Bill who stabbed his wife and her best friend. Uh, That changed. By the
3: time he got back to me, we had learned that Luck had retired. I was a little pissed off and a little sad pissed off because I wish that would have come out an hour earlier and sad because the game was losing one of the great players and nice guys. Take a year off. Vacation, come back to the game, Andrew. Then uh, uh, I was
0: lucky. I was able to get Matty Ice. Matt... Uh, so you have your orders, Andrew Luck. You can go take your year off, enjoy vacation, get healthy, and then get your ass back next year. So I guess OJ, what OJ is saying, if you speak OJ like I do, what I'm telling you is, Andrew
4: Luck, I'm giving you a free pass. Enjoy the next 12 months. Do whatever you want to do go to the movies, enjoy go-kart racing, go to an antique show, do whatever you want to do, enjoy that time and money and get healthy, and then get your ass back to football so I can draft you, and you can be on my fantasy football team, and that way I can win lots of money, I can win the fantasy football season, and you can win the ultimate prize of not being stabbed by me. How about that, Andrew Luck? I'll give you a year's vacation, and then you come back next year, get healthy, play for the Colts, let me draft you, we win big. So what do you say, Andrew Luck? Take a year's vacation, come back and play football, or get murdered by me. It's up to you. I'm just saying. If Drew Brees can make Jimmy uh, Graham
1: look like a Hall of Famer, so could he do that with Cook? In any event, the rest of my draft. Um, well,
0: if you anybody... think I'm crazy as a hoot owl, I think I might be a savant. We'll
3: talk about that later. But for now, I think I'm going to be tough to beat. I'm just saying.
0: Take care. I'm just saying. A hoot owl? Crazy? Crazier than a hoot owl? OJ, nobody's crazier than you. That's a fucking insult to the hoot owl. The hoot owl is perfectly sane. You, sir, are no hoot owl. Holy shit, does anybody fucking give a shit what he's doing with his fantasy football maneuvers? Oh, oh, let me take some notes on the on this on this great pro, on this great fantasy football expert, O.J. Simpson. He's the guy you should really take a lot of advice from. Sure, sure.
4: You know, you can call me crazier than a hoot owl. But Andrew Luck better come to f- back to football next year or I'll stab him good. I'm just saying.
0: I you know what happened to these guys. Radio 4. I just love this song. Ah, 2006. Simpler times. Simpler times. Alright. You know, uh, Terminator. Terminator 2 was on this past weekend. I haven't seen that in forever. Such a good movie. I fucking, oh my god, when I was 11, 12 years old, I would just jump back and forth watching Terminator 1, Terminator 2. Loved them both. Love them both. I'm excited for the new one that's coming out because it's got, you know, fucking Ar- Arnold's in it. Again, he's back. Determinator. Linda Hamilton's back. Salakama. It's my perfect Arnold imitation. Salakama. I'll be back. I'll be back. I can't. Everybody can do Arnold. I, I do like the poor man's version of it. Well, you just talk like this. You talk like a and. Anyway, uh, so this Terminator 2, it got me to, I, I was talking about it with Kimmy, and the whole time travel thing, and Kyle Reese, and it's really, and look, it's a fucking movie, right? It's, you know, time travel, who gives a shit, It's it's just, it's just nonsense, it's sci-fi action nonsense, and good fun, just lots of explosions and shooting and violence, and it's great. And you're not really supposed to give too much thought to it, but I'm watching it and I'm talking to Kim, and it's kind of a weird like, well, you know what? Why don't I just let my pre-recorded thoughts do the talking for me, so I can be super lazy? Because I I just couldn't I couldn't wait to talk about this. So I picked up the phone and did a press record so that Kimmy and I could go back and forth about it, the silliness of Terminator. So uh, here it is. Let's check it out. Yeah. All right. So we're watching Terminator 2. Yes, yes, this is happening. Don't, don't give me no. We're watching the, the Terminator. And, of course, two of my favorite movies when I was a kid, Terminator 1 and Terminator 2, like any any 12-year-old, 11-year-old boy back in those days. So it's Terminator 2, and they're doing all the stuff, John Connor, blah, blah, blah. But we're talking about Terminator 1, when Kyle Reese, who of course works for John Connor, he's a soldier in the, in the future, Kyle Reese is sent back in time to 1984 by John Connor, a mission from which he will not return to his present time. He goes back to pre-apocalyptic Los Angeles to protect Sarah Connor, and as we know, he does some other extracurriculars while he's there. Hence, John Connor exists. And we're talking about time, It's you know, the whole endless loop the, 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 the Mobius strip and all that crap but it's like yeah it's a classic it's a classic chicken and egg scenario which came first John Connor or Kyle Reese because in order for Kyle Reese to be sent back in time to produce John Connor John Connor had to send him back in time but without John Connor without Kyle Reese there'd be no John Connor to send Kyle Reese back in time but without John Connor, there'd be no Kyle Reese to go back in time to make John Connor. And then, on top of that, Kim- Kimmy's gone completely silent. She's standing right here. She's not saying a word. Uh, putting dishes away. Okay. Putting dishes away. Because without the clean dishes, you can't dirty them up. And without Kyle Reese to dirty the dishes. So so Kyle Reese goes back conceive they conceive John Connor without John Connor, you can't have Kyle Reese, but without Kyle Reese, you can't have John Connor, so which happened first, but is it it's it's an endless it's an endless loop there is no first, however, the problem that comes into play here is what happens if John Connor is successful if john connor <laughs> If they stop the, you know, Skynet and all the Terminators, the uprising, if they stop that from happening, then there's no purpose for John Connor to send Kyle Reese back in time. Therefore, John Connor doesn't exist. If they're successful, there's no John Connor because there's no need for Kyle Reese to go back in time. So why would they even want to be successful? So John Connor would really just say, hey, Kyle Reese, go back in time, protect Sarah Connor, try not to do too much else, because then I'd really be in trouble. So if you're successful, I don't exist, even though I exist now to send you back in time to stop the uprising, which would then make it so that I would cease to exist because there would be no purpose to send Kyle Reese back in time to protect Sarah Connor from the Terminator. And yes, I know it's a James Cameron stupid movie about robots. Overthinking it, maybe. I don't know. Am I missing something? Am I missing something? We both seem to be on the same page. Yeah, I have no idea. Kimmy has no idea. What the hell is going on? What the hell is going on? So, uh, yeah, just to recap. the, The Terminators have an uprising. The robots... Uprise against the humans, 1997, (laughs) The the way distant future of 1997, there's an apocalypse, the uprising, the robots, and then John Connor leads the resistance, one of his top men, his top soldiers, Kyle Reese, is sent by John Connor back in time. Kyle Reese then is John Connor's father, spoiler alert from 35 years ago. Sarah Connor gives birth to John Connor, who then leads the uprising, who then sends Kyle Reese back in time. But, the, but how does it happen first? Because, yeah, like I said, if there's no, if there's no John Connor to send Kyle Reese back and Kyle Reese doesn't go back, if the Kyle Reese doesn't go back, he doesn't make John Connor. And if they win, then also Kyle Reese doesn't go back. So where does it start? Where does it end? How does it end? How does that happen? How's that possible? I think the end of that, I mean, really, it's was given very little thought. The whole time traveling thing, you know, it makes it makes honestly makes more sense in Futurama that Fry is his own grandfather. That makes more sense than the timelines and the scenarios being played out in the Terminator. (sighs) Marty McFly making out with his mom makes more sense. Anyway, time travel, time travel is stupid. It doesn't exist. Time is an illusion. It's just a thing that we created, a metric that we created anyways to measure the distance from young to old. That's it. It's not like there're it's not like days actually exist. 365 days, you know, like they say, it is it is more when, when somebody says, hey, you made another trip around the sun. Yeah, that that makes more sense to say it that way, because that's an actual thing that's happening. Time isn't actually happening. The dinosaurs, they say, oh, millions, millions in years, millions of years ago, billions of years ago, this and that. No, the dinosaurs were actually here today. Everything's today. There's only one day. It's today. There's no yesterday or tomorrow. It's all today. The dinosaurs were here today. Just, we've gone around the sun a time or two since they were walking around the earth. So that's why in my limited p brain, there's to me no possible way of, the time travel is stupid, it's silly. Because you can't travel through something that's not even a thing. And time isn't a thing. We made it up. So now we're going to make up time travel too. We're going to travel through a thing that we created that's not even real. That's how i that's how I view time. time is an illusion it's bullshit anyway just some Saturday morning musings watching the fucking Terminator <laughs> uh I'll be honest <clears throat> i I just I put that file in and uh, I didn't listen to the whole thing. I remember talking about it uh, it's getting late. I know Kyle Reese yeah, but it doesn't make sense. the whole You know, the whole Mobius strip thing, I guess. Like, chicken and egg. Which is first? John Connor, Kyle Reese. Well, without John Connor, Kyle Reese couldn't be sent back to bang Sarah Connor and give birth to John Connor. But without Kyle Reese, Kyle Reese needed to be there to bang Sarah Connor and create John... Anyway, uh, whatever. It's a fucking... It's a movie about, like, liquid robots... Did not not think too deeply on this one uh, Anyways uh, Yeah And the whole time thing Always fascinates me Because if you really think about it It's You know That's not real Time Time really is an illusion As far as I'm concerned
2: Right
4: here in this uh, okay. I got something to play, to play for you.
0: Does anybody? I I love this song. It's so like hipstery, but I don't care. I enjoy this song. KANTARI ongaku. All right, that's enough for that. Get out of
1: here. Get out of
0: here, Devendra Banhart. And your kantori on Gaku. Okay. You ever watch Northwood's Law on Animal Planet? Well, I do sometimes. The kids enjoy it. Kimmy enjoys it. We were watching it the other day. And I love it because the fucking... whatever you call them, scenarios that arise. Yeah, I mean, sometimes there's some serious stuff. Like they had one that was very sad this weekend, like it was like, somebody committed suicide in the woods and it was like, ah, oh, man, that's you know, that's a bummer. You want it to be like, you know, lighthearted stuff. And oftentimes it is. It's just kind of like, you know, there's a guy who had the, you know, a pot farm in his backyard and it was you know, he he lied about how much pot he was growing. He had a whole forest full of pot. He told him it was just a little little fenced in area in his yard. I don't know it's, it's usually shit like that. Well on the one this week I thought it was really kind of funny because we've got this kid this ranger driving around he looks like he's nine years old. He's like super baby face guy but you know he's he's not taking any shit from this guy who was uh, illegally fishing uh, the, he was doing the wrong type of fishing in the in the old fishing hole. Let's see here. Hold on. Did you ever actually see him cast? Yeah, he's up the wrong yeah so so this guy's he's got a call in saying this guy's, you know, it's it's a it's a fly fishing pond only or fly fishing lake or whatever it is, but he's doing the the, the other kind of fishing, the regular fishing, the casting, the, the line fish, whatever the, I don't fucking know.
1: In Enfield, New Hampshire, conservation officer Kevin
5: Bronson is en route to confront a man who was reported to be fishing illegally.
0: Oh, no. Here we go. This is it. Here we go. And the whole thing is, you know, it's in New Hampshire, so it's great. Sometimes they have stuff in, uh, in Nashua. Good, Kevin. Nice to meet you. I'm
1: here because I got a complaint. And I think you know
0: what to... So he's obviously confronting this guy who is illegally fishing. And people were calling in. They were saying, hey, you're not allowed to fish. Do that kind of fishing in this pond. And the guy said, I don't give a fuck. And so they called the ranger, and he came out. Now he's confronting him. This little baby-faced guy is confronting this dude. Plain is, yeah, I carried a
1: fishing rod up there. You're fishing coal pond with a spinning rod is the issue. Spin fish,
0: spinning rod.
1: Okay, you got people that are up there watching you. Know, uh Okay, so this is how this is going to go. If you were <laughs> spin fishing up there, and you, and you can tell me the truth and be a man about it, I'm going to give you a warning <laughs> for spin fishing. All right? Be if a man. you're going to keep the, the rigmarole going, on, I will take ticket right here right <laughs> now because I got witnesses
0: of it. I love this guy. Total fucking Boy Scout. You can be a... And he looks like a Boy Scout. He looks like he's... In the age group that most Boy Scouts, that most most kids are when they're Boy Scouts. And he's driving around and, you know, he's a full-on ranger. And he's, you know, you can be a man and fucking tell me the truth. Or we can do this the hard way. You can keep up the rigmarole. I fucking love it. You can keep up the rigmarole. Let's see, what else?
1: I leave it to you. Please take the Okay, you'll take the warning. All right. Did you catch anything at no. Okay. You got a fishing license, I'm assuming.
0: Yeah, so they go through the whole process. And blah, blah, blah.
1: So, James, let this be the learning curve for you. Yeah. People are watching you, and people get right upset seeing a spin rod going up there, and it's not worth <laughs> loss of license and all that good stuff. Yeah, You're writing a ticket for that. Yeah, I should have that. Yeah. Alright man. Well I'll meet you again and not for something like this, I'm sure, right?
0: It's fucking great. This little babyface guy just cut this dude down to size. Just let him know who's boss. What puts me at ease is knowing that there are other
1: Sportsmen and women out there that are willing to pick up a phone and call the game warden because you're doing something that you shouldn't be doing to the resource. He knows people are watching. He knows I'm going to come. He knows I'm watching, even when I'm not
0: there. And there's so few game wardens out there. I think that is worth its weight in gold. This guy's... He's, you know, he's fucking Batman of the Northwoods he knows now that i'll be watching even when i'm not there i have eyes everywhere ooh don't want to fuck with that guy but i i love i love that it's just like that this is the this is the worst thing that's happening up there is this guy's uh you know he's he's supposed to be fly fishing and he's spin he's supposed to be fly fishing he's spin fishing or whatever it is like what i would like to see and this this kid's you know he's probably He's probably from that area. Grew up there. Probably was an Eagle Scout and all that shit. You know, he was probably. Uh, you know, I can see him being one of those like. Uh, you know, if if somebody even remotely cheated in a game or did something that was against the rules, he'd fucking call you out. I guarantee he was he was that kid. Everybody knows that kid. He was that kid. But it, they're just you know they're just nice nice folk. Just protecting the land up there and the people and the animals and the environment and stuff. What I would like to see is they should have, like, I don't know, they they should have an episode, you know, a little crossover of some kind where they send, like, the park rangers from New Hampshire down into, like, the big city, and they have, they have like, people from the NYPD or Boston PD or LAPD or, like, vice cops from Miami or something like that come up to the mountains in New Hampshire and Maine and go, you know, Checking on, you know, moose hunters and tackle fly fishing people. It would be great. Put down that tackle box, motherfucker.
2: You dropped that tackle box, motherfucker. How many kilos of cocaine is in that tackle box, you motherfucker?
4: Uh, Well, actually, it's not cocaine. It's, uh... Problem is, he was using a... Saltwater lure in a freshwater pond when he should have been using the freshwater spinner bait and buzz bait
0: instead of a saltwater lure. Obviously, I'm I am on Bass Pro Shop looking at lures and baits because I don't know any of this shit. Hopefully, that makes sense. But anyway, I would love to see that where like you know some guys used to like the hard crimes of the big city of of Miami or LA or Chicago, Philadelphia, New York, Boston. Comes up to the north country to to find that the biggest problem is this guy's using using the wrong illegal bait in the old fishing hole. Oh my god, we got a grow house up here. I can smell it. Uh, even worse, and somehow somehow Fritz Weatherby is is riding along with these guys. I'm not really sure why, but that's just the voice that I'm doing. Even worse, we got ourselves some kind of
4: illegal <laughs> illegal beet farming. This here land is zoned for carrot farming only. This here's carrot land, not beet land. Why that's illegal where I come from, which is, of course, Nob,
0: New Hampshire. I don't know. I think I think there would be some big time viewership if you did. You know, do like Wife Swap, but with, you know, NYPD and the North Country Rangers. And and I'm not this isn't like a this isn't like a shot at at, at either. I mean like these fucking, these guys up in the North Country, yeah, the population is, you know, there's there's fewer people in the state of New Hampshire than, like, you know, a couple neighborhoods in New York. So it's, there's not a lot of people up there, but there's still a bunch of shit going on. And these guys, you gotta be a fucking tough bastard. These elements and all the animals and all the wildlife that's up there and, you know, God knows what's going on, you know, just out there. I'd rather be, ch- I, I think I'd rather be chasing... Uh, you know, bad guys around a city with streets, as opposed to like you know, gotten out in the woods, the mountains, and you know, running through trails and stuff. God knows what's going on out there. So I'd love to see them just mix it up. They should have a yeah, wife swap, but for the North Woods, New Hampshire guys, and and big city uh, cops and things like that. Have them, have them, have them switch. I think that'd be a good show. There it is. There's a free, uh, free advice for somebody who makes. Somebody out there who makes shows, go make that show. Make it for me, because I would like to see that. I want to see an NYPD, like a grizzled NYPD, like thirty-year veteran, just go up to the mountains and the lakes regions of New Hampshire and things like that, and the Adirondacks, and just chase around like moose poachers. And then I want the rangers from the North Country to go down and you know bust uh, bust cocaine rings or something like that. I think that would be fun. I think that'd be fun. Actually, what I'd like to see is is Fritz Weatherby go on a ride along, just like I I had just imagined a few seconds ago. And speaking of Fritz Weatherby... That's right, we've got Fritzy. I'm going to play the latest Fritzy talking about Binky Sears and a Crazy Car Ride. I don't even know what this guy was talking
4: about. Let's listen. My friend Binky
5: Sears was afraid. No, scan doesn't cover it. My friend Binky Sears was in total terror. His eyes were bulging. You can see the veins in his forehead. Never in his life had Binky felt such dread. Binky was going to die.
6: He was, by the way, sitting in the passenger seat of a 1988 Chrysler town and country station wagon K car, for
0: God's sakes. The car was barreling down Micah Mine Road, which is, as you know, not paved. As you know. The driver of the car was
4: Smedley Klondike. (laughs) Smedley Klondike. They were easily going 65 miles an hour.
5: car was bouncing all over... Over the road and smed was howling like he was getting away from us in smoky and the bandit smed as you know is 96 years old the oldest man in town for years he has been a danger on the highway everybody agrees he should not have a driver's license we could go the guys down at the Buckerberger dollar Dog mm-hmm. learned that smed's family was planning an intervention they were going to insist he retake his driver's test if he failed, he'd have to give up his license, which is why Binky was so surprised when Smed
4: pulled oh, of
0: course. up
5: in front of his house. He thought Smed probably
0: had no valid license anymore. Well, he's 96. That's something I want to show you, Smed said. Get in. And
3: Binky got in. Stupid. They drove up to the quarry and
5: spent
4: in figure eights and skid spins and j-marks and the hillside. And J-mark? now they were speeding back to Binky's
5: house. They finally got to Binky's house and Binky was all sweat and shaking when he got out. He says, what were you going to show me, Smed, he asked. Oh, Smed replied, I lost my license yesterday, he said. So I'm driving illegally, but I wanted one last hope. And I wanted someone to know that I'm still a good driver. You just happened to be the one I passed, he said. Well, Binky thought it over. You know, he was right. Smed leaked.
1: Klondike did have complete control of the car that entire time Hmm. thank
5: you Spad Biggie said
0: that's it his stories they just they just end so abruptly that's I guess that's, that's that's a big part of the charm of old Fritzy Fritzy boy Weatherby spinning his yarns and then realizing oops I got 10 seconds wrap it up so Smedley
4: was driving the car. He's 96 years old and turns out he's a pretty damn good driver. Thank you, said Binky.
0: And then that's it. That's the end of the story. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if Filthy Fritz has a similar tale.
1: Fritz. Whether I see you on my TV.
4: My friend Toots Vag Squirt was terrified. Downright terrified. You see, Toots was riding in the car with Fudge Reinhold. What's so terrifying about that, you ask? Well, of course you know Fudge Reinhold drove a 1985 Buick Skylark, black just like the one they used in the feature film Noakes and Noakes too. Of course, Fudge Reinhold was also 108 years old. Well, of course, Fudge was driving his 85 Buick Skylark, barreling down Fuckleberry Lane, which, of course, as you know, was named after the famous Fuckleberry family of Knob, New Hampshire, the same Fuckleberry family of which Fauntleroy Fuckleberry was a member. And, of course, as you know, Fuckleberry Lane was not paved at all, just filled with gravel and dirt. The car was barreling down Fuckleberry Lane, bobbing and weaving, bouncing up and down, shimmying and shaking, vibrating, juking and jiving. Of course, the reason for this was Vad Squirt wasn't just a last name, if you know what I mean, and I'm sure you do. You see, all the vibrations and bumping up and down, Fudge had hoped, would make Toot's Vadsquirt, well, do just that. They were easily going 85 miles per hour, and Toot's Vadsquirt was howling like Jiny Papadopoulos in numpty Rutherford's Studebaker on prom night course, as I mentioned, Fudge Reinhold was 108 years old and had never seen Toot's Vag Squirt, if you know what I mean. And this was perhaps his one and only chance to see it. course, a week ago, all the gang down at the Wankawena Tubbermeet Franklin Clitoris, Arnold P. Quackers, Fauntleroy Fuckleberry, Anus Von Sweets, Stinky Rat Fuck, Flippy Fart Mouth, and Mavis Felchmonger, learned that Fudge Reinhold's family was planning to buy him a $2 hookah. That way he didn't have to go speeding up and down Fuckleberry Lane, trying to get... Toots Vag Squirt to Vag Squirt. And also because Fudge Reinhold was a fucking terrible driver. Well, wouldn't you know, just at this moment, just as Toots was about to Vag Squirt, wouldn't you know, Ginny Papadopoulos herself was crossing the dirt road that was Fuckleberry Lane. Well, as you can imagine, Fudge Reinhold attempted to swerve out of the way, and in doing so, flipped the car upside down and right side up and upside downside, dipsy do and flipsy dipsy flopsy dopsy. Of course, upon impact, Fudge Reinhold went flying through the windshield, just as. Anus von Schweitz was crossing the road. Fudge Reinhold landed mouth first on Anus von Schweetz' wiener. A bloody and battered toots-vadge emerged from the wreckage, looked around at Johnny Papadopoulos, not a scratch on her, looked down at Fudge Reinhold, mouth Firmly wrapped around Anus von Schweetz's wang, and Toots Vad Squirt chuckled and said, Well, Fudge, looks like you just had your cock and ate it too. <laughs>
0: Oh, that fritzy. So many... ...yarns, so many tales to tell. Oh, man. I think... I think we're done. That's I think that's enough. Yeah, I played the Northwoods Law clip, did some fritzy, did some OJ. It's pretty good. That's why it's a two-part episode. Episode 19. Two parts so much and I I think I don't know if I have a cliff call I may have already gotten I I have one cliff I have at least one cliff call that I know for sure I have not played I don't know if it's that great (laughs) that's that's a good way to hype it up I've got a cliff call for you and it sucks hey Uh, but I'm gonna play it anyways it's it's actually not a Cliff family member, it's a one-time character. And I think he kind of just evolved into Uncle Cliff. Because he kind of he kind of sounds like this. But it's a little bit different. He sounds a little like this, it's not quite I, I don't know, it's it's hard to really it was a one time Cliff call, I don't know. But his name is Dr. Duxtable. And I think it was before I, not me, I have nothing to do with this. This is all Cliff's family members, of course. (laughs) That's crazy. Um, But I think it was before Dr. Huxtable, who we now call Dr. Duxtable. You know, Cliffy, Dr. Duxtable, just for legal purposes. (laughs) Uh, But this other Dr. Duxtable was calling Cliffy from a clinic of some kind. or I I don't even know. We're going to just play it at the end. And uh, you can decide for yourself whether you like it or hate it. I don't know. Or are completely indifferent, which would really suck. Uh, boy, I'm looking at my notebook here. I really kind of got through all the topics today. Uh, let's see. Today, it's almost it's Labor Day weekend coming up. I don't know if there's going to be a podcast next week. Maybe. Maybe there will be a podcast next week. The week after that, definitely no podcasts. So we're coming up on some vacation time here for old Johnny Boy, and uh, and that would most likely. This isn't like going to Myrtle Beach and I got my laptop and all my stuff and I can do a little podcasting because I'm really not on vacation. I'm working. This is like full on vacation, and I'm uh, other than my phone, I'm not really bringing any electronics. I think the phone is going to be it. Not bringing computers, iPads, nothing. Uh, bare bare minimum just minimal things clothing phone toiletries and not a heck of a lot else and the four of us are going on vacation so the kids are happy about that they will be missing a week of school and uh, yeah and that's going to be fun uh, so there there will be maybe a podcast next week and maybe not and definitely not a podcast the week after that so I'm thinking, I don't know, I don't have a calendar. September or something. Who cares? It's free. The podcast will come out whenever I get a chance to do it. Like I have to fucking run my schedule by you. I don't. Uh, yeah, so maybe like the week of the 16th through the 20th is the next possible chance for a podcast. And hopefully I'll have some good uh, new tales to tell then. Um, But who knows if I can get a podcast done this weekend or sometime before next Thursday uh, That's that's when we head out. So we'll see maybe we can get episode 20 up and running before The vacation comes and maybe not maybe episode 20 will be after vacation. I don't know I just don't know and that's the nice thing about doing a free podcast That 30 people listen to is I can just do it or not do it or who cares right? Who cares? Anyway. Okay. I think, um, I think it's time to go. I'm trying to think I'm under a lot of pressure here to try and think of any last minute things that I want to talk about before I go. And I, I'm coming up with nothing. Uh, so that's it. Listen, gang, I appreciate everything. Texts, emails, please, please leave a review on iTunes. If you haven't, a five-star review would be ideal. And a little comment telling me how great I am, uh, please email the birthday boy podcast at gmail.com if you'd like to leave feedback or anything. Uh, and and that's it. I guess that's it. Um, and remember, like I said, it's what seems like uh, a million years ago, um, Carrie Dumas, I'm not a positive. Po- positivity is for you know douchebags. And uh, I am no douchebag. I may suck at fourth grade but I'm not a douchebag. I may draw little medieval characters in 10 minutes on the day that a major project is due and then get kicked out of the gifted program as a result. By the way, isn't that weird? Like, if I'm there because of my talent and my gifts, shouldn't uh, shouldn't it, should it not really even matter if I don't want to do the work? Maybe I'm so gifted and talented that even the talented work is beneath me. Ever think about that? Mr. Christophero and Mrs. Nichols, you fuckheads. I I think that's probably you know like a regular Einstein. I was too bored with school. I was too bored even with the gifted program. So that's I think that's what was going on there because the work was stupid. Make it less stupid, and then I'll do it. I'll do work that's not stupid. This podcast isn't stupid, and I put in the work because this podcast is. Uh, easily, I think, uh, you know, uh, try to be modest, but I think the podcast is maybe the single greatest thing that's ever happened to online internet radio and podcasting. I mean, is that, is that, uh, you know, am I, am I overstepping my bounds? I don't think so. Anyway, uh, that's it. Um, anyway, so yeah, I I suck at fourth grade, but you know, it's, everyone's got to suck at one thing. And I guess, so, so there you go. My one thing in my entire life that I sucked at was fourth grade. And now I'm, now I'm good. And and it turns out, I guess, I guess maybe, maybe I'm revealing a little secret here that perhaps, perhaps fourth grade, you know, doesn't really fucking matter. Third grade does. That's kind of a key one. You start doing homework and stuff. And then fourth and fifth grade, they just threw those in there just to piss away time before you get to middle school and then high school and go totally crazy. A fourth and fifth grade are kind of useless, though. I think I think we can uh, agree on that. In any event, uh, thanks for everything, for the feedback, for the five-star reviews that you will give if you have not yet, and the emails that you will send to birthdayboypodcast at gmail.com if you have not yet. And uh, that's it. I think that's it. I think I've, I've said everything I need to say. And therefore, the one final thing I need to say is, yes, Carrie, positivity is for assholes. And I am not... Just because I give a career, career advice doesn't mean I'm positive. It just means I'm good at an interview. And I'm imparting my wisdom to you, you stupid asshole. So I stand by what I always say. And I will never... I will not waver... I will not falter on this, I will tell you, as I tell you every week, I will tell you this week, positivity is for douchebags, and it's for OJ, this is the dark side, not the light side. By the way, uh, in part one of this episode 19, I left out uh, a key piece of the text conversation between Dumas and myself, uh, when she was talking about, she said welcome to the dark side, or should I say the light side? You know, claiming, accusing me of being positive, which is bullshit. Welcome to the light side. Ha ha ha. And I said, shut up. Basically, I said, shut up. Positivity would be if I told you assholes to take my advice and hope for the best and great things will happen. I'm giving you real world shit that might work. But only if you're a super genius IQ like me. And then Carrie responded, and I just told her to shut up because I have a brand to maintain, and positivity is not part of that brand. And she said, "Well, I'm, I maintain my stance." And To which I replied, "Well, you can shove your light side up your dark side, butter girl." And we both laughed. And she called me the next Tony Robbins, <laughs> which is uh, is is bullshit, but that's funny. I'm. The, I, you know what? Yes, I'm. I'll be the Tony Robbins of negativity. How about that? You got Tony Robbins, who's I think we've learned recently he's a giant asshole. Uh, so fuck him. Fuck Tony Robbins. I'm. I'm your Tony Robbins now. Tony Robbins is dead. The birthday boy is the new Tony Robbins, and you are officially in the dark side, or the light side, or whatever it is. Uh. So, anyways, then, uh, then Carrie said. Or, excuse me, I said, congrats, you just got your text read on the next episode. Carrie said, sweet, I've been saving up my went, hoping for an opportunity like this, so really, thank you. She then followed up, wit, my wit, not went. And I said, that sounds perverse, and I legitimately didn't know what you meant to say. Save, (laughs) and then I advised Carrie to say, save that went for the right person. You only get one went. And we both laughed legitimately. I was legitimately laughing at this text. And I said, thanks, Dumas. I needed this laugh. And she wrote, ditto, with a smiley face. And that's nice. And I gave a little heart thingy back, whatever you call it. Oh, Dumas. Even though uh, you're an imbecile, I love you. And I'm only calling you an imbecile because, obviously, my IQ is much higher as we've tested and proven time and time again. But that's the only reason I would call you an imbecile. That and accusing me of positivity. That's imbecile. That's that's imbecile territory. Imbecile 101. Uh, All right, Dumas. I love you. And to the rest of you, I love you as well. And I thank you for listening and subscribing, and leaving nice reviews. And now this is like the eighth time I've tried to get out of this fucking thing and say goodbye. And so now I really am going to say goodbye. And remember, positivity is for Dumas. Dumas Dumases across the world. And, uh, but you know what? You know what? Kindness matters. Kindness matters, and I... I think I prove that every week by being kind to all of you and to my friends and to imbeciles like Gary Dumas. So positivity, stupid, kindness, matters. And that's it. I'll talk to you maybe next week, maybe not, maybe mid-September. I don't know. Just have to wait and see. Thanks, everybody, for listening. This is Johnny Boy saying so long. Talk to you later, Gators.
6: message is for Mr. Cliff Womack, is it? Uh, Yes, hello, Mr. Womack. This is Dr. Heathcliff Duxtable. Now I know what you are thinking, Cliff. I sound like my name almost sounds like a popular television character from the 1980s named Dr. Heathcliff Huggins. However, I can assure you that my last name is, in fact, Duxtable. Anyways, Cliff, this is Dr. Duxtable calling uh, from the, the center. Uh, I'm trying to be discreet in the event that others are listening who don't want to know uh, what kinds of things you're up to, but this is Dr. Duxtable from the the center, Cliff, the colon center. Perhaps I've said too much, but that's okay. Cliff, this is Dr. Cliff Duxtable from the colon center. You had an appointment this afternoon for a full uh, 100% deluxe colon cleansing. A full wash, uh, wax, and a uh, a dry off uh, air hose compression type thing, uh, what we call the deluxe package, Cliff. You were scheduled between the hours of 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time and which is the average amount of time it takes to perform one of these uh, particular cleanses. Uh, Cliff, you didn't show up for your appointment today and I was just calling to see why not, Cliff. Uh, Anyways, Cliff, this is Dr. Cliff Cliff. If you could Call Dr. Cliff. Cliff, let's figure out what's going on and why you couldn't make it to your colon cleanse uh, this afternoon. Again, you were supposed to get your colon uh, fully cleansed, an entire wash, a wax, a and, a, and a dry uh, with not only south, a nice hot towel, but an air compression system uh, that, that blasts air into the, uh, let's just say, into the area and then takes care of uh, the remainder of the wetness, Cliff. That's that's as detailed as Take I'd exit like.
4: Take
6: 37B. That's as detailed as I'd like to be, Cliff. Anyways, Cliff, this is Dr. Cliff. Dr. Cliff Duxtable. Heath Cliff Duxtable from the the Colon Center. Continue cliff.
2: on I-95 uh, South for please, five miles.
6: Please give me a call back, and let's try to reschedule, Cliff, because... Uh, You know, nobody wants uh, a dirty ass.